episode of How's the Market, a podcast for first home buyers and upgraders that gives you tips, tricks, and up-to-date real estate information from on the ground across Melbourne and Geelong. This podcast is brought to you by Tommy Buyers Agents. My name is Tristan, and with me, I have my co-host, Jonah Howard. How you doing, mate? Doing very well, mate. Finally in person. I'm yeah. excited. Unbelievable. We've had a lot of technical difficulties, as I'm sure if people have been listening, that they understand, but we're in person. So hopefully the podcast will really improve from here. You're not even lagging. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh, I thought we might find a way to lag in person, but no. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. so far, so good. You guys can hear it as we hear it, see how things go. So interesting one today. Um, it's something that's been pretty prevalent for me over the last sort of two to three weeks, um, looking through a lot of owners' corporations. So I thought we could sort of jump into... It's, it's pro- probably going to be more surface level. I think we should get someone that's an owners' corp manager on to talk about these in depth in the future. But I wanted to really highlight, especially if you're a first-time buyer and upgrader or you've never lived in an owners' corp situation, I think this is going to be a really important Some one for you. Some people don't even know that it exists, really, do they? Well, this so. is. I think that's like that's the actual issue, right? So what I've really discovered is that, and I, I think this is something that's like, especially in Victoria, is that people hear the word owner's corp and they've just got a negative connotation towards it and they just want to avoid it entirely right so and i had this conversation with a real estate agent last night uh, i was going through an owner's corp uh, going through a sort of a, a you know a multi-unit complex and didn't have an owner's corp on it and he's like yeah people love it there's no owner's corp um and i was like it's so interesting and he's, and he's like yeah around around this area no one wants them like you just avoid them at all costs sort of thing and then buyers like jump on them when they have found out that there's no owners corps and i was like oh you know i actually think that they're good um and it's a, it's, it's a good thing to have them and i thought well the reason why is that everyone's heard of a horror story from an owners corporation where it's like something's gone wrong or you know the lifts broke and there's been this huge levy and you're gonna pay all this money but it's because like when was the last time you heard a good story about an owners corp someone mm. like on social media saying how much they love it sort of thing like it n- never happens right and I think the reason for that is people just don't talk about the positives and that's that's not why you leave reviews and shares. But when things go wrong, it's on social media, it's on the news and mm. like all these articles and everyone talks about it. So there's there's been so many issues um, around owners corps. And I think the real key message here is that if you've got a bad owners corporation or you hear all these stories going wrong, I think what you need to have a think about is is it because of the owner's corporation or is it because it's in a bad complex? Mm. It's a bad building, right? Mm. So hopefully today we can sort of have a bit of a chat and diagnose why owner's corps might not be good in some circumstances, why I think that they actually can be great as well. So this is why we're going to call it the shocking and wonderful of owner's corporations. So to kick things off, um, let's talk about the bad, right? So all the things to avoid when, when looking at an owner's corp. So the big one is just like really excessively high fees. So think, I mean, we've seen some, like if you're looking in the city and you're looking in a high-rise building, you can find some with $12,000 plus per year. Um, just think if you hold that for 10 years, like it's yeah. 120 grand. People talk about that um, apartments have higher rental yields, but as soon as you take into account- Yeah, true the annual fees it blows it out and people never take that into consideration I think. yeah well that's yeah, especially if you're looking so at an look o- at like a high years. rise yeah, yeah. over 10 years it's like 100 grand yeah easy that's something that easy or more 100 grand or more go into your like, equity 
and that's not including yeah. land tax and yeah. everything else so like if you're an investor um you know beware mm. that's why all the investors are selling them at the moment mm-hmm. i think uh, later. yeah yeah absolutely but so the, some of the things to look out for in a complex more so in order to make sure that you can keep your owner's corp fees down and that they're not excessive is i tr- we try to avoid things um like pools gyms tennis courts concierge services so if there's someone that's working full-time at the desk downstairs um, lifts slash elevators and then staff so some of them actually employ multiple full-time staff like you have a full-time maintenance person that just lives sort of in, in the complex or you've got someone that literally lives in the complex uh, it's like an admin or, or ma- uh, um, administrator sort of thing so all of the above they're completely avoidable costs which can balloon out owners corporation fees so that's the sort of thing that might take you from five thousand dollars a year to twelve thousand dollars a year if you've got like a collection of some of those so definitely worth keeping in mind and potentially avoiding into the future so that's what we try to avoid when looking at complexes but what are some of the things that you should expect that are you know very good and and reasonable so some of the other things to look at would be something like insurance that's the it's usually the big one gardening um depending on the gardening actually like we've seen some that are like ridiculous like you need to you know get them down but gardening is like fairly decent management fees unavoidable so if there's common area with like lights you have uh you might have a separate meter so it's like the common lights and power repairs and maintenance and then like maintenance and sinking funds as well so if you're looking in like a small complex one of four one of five one of ten even or it's like units not even an apartment these are all the things to expect and they're totally fine like you, you need to remember that whether you buy a property no matter what the property is you're paying you're going to do maintenance right mm. so maintenance is a part of owning any sort of asset uh, same thing with like gardening like you know some owners corporations agree that they just want to do it all themselves and that's fine save the cost um, or get someone to pay for it you know it doesn't really matter but it's yeah it's just a fact of owning property now and and this complex that i went through last night that was you know didn't have an owner's corporation and it's not like you're not paying that money it's like you're paying that money regardless it's just whether it's through an owner's corporation structure or not because they still had shared insurance public liability you know etc that they all just evenly agreed and split it just wasn't managed professionally Mm. how do they get paid the owner's corporation people do you know yeah yeah so it's it's admin so it's just like they invoice per complex is usually based on the size um and they essentially just take a split of fees so it's interesting so you know what jonah and i've been looking out in the hastings region and i was chatting with one of the agents out there um and they had one owners corp body that managed like majority of the units out there and because there was like no one else they had really excessive fees and then I, I read in some of the um, general meeting minutes is that they changed owners corp so you can just like fire the manager and get a new company on yeah, yeah. and they brought someone in from um, melbourne that was like significantly cheaper so I, I remember looking at the fees and it said like they dropped the uh, owners corp fees by fifteen hundred dollars per year or something split across all the, the complexes so yeah you, you might save you know 300 bucks per unit sort of yeah. thing depending on the size of the complex so yeah they get they get paid that way um but here's here's an interesting issue that i have noticed a lot 
this this week and we've got a client that you know has lived in an apartment for you know many years and has always been active on an owners corp and um they're not from uh, victoria and they said that there's some things that like victoria operates a little bit backwards with its owners corps in comparison to some other states and it might just be from those negative connotations and i think this is something really important to address so how victoria often works is they try to get the the fees to be as low as possible right so it's very common i see it that they essentially just try to have you know minimum fees in the owner's corp so that more people aren't sort of scared off with the property but what happens is then you have no maintenance or sinking funds so just think about it, like any any property is going to need maintenance whether it's a house or it's a unit or apartment whatever it's going to, you're going to need to do maintenance over the life of the property and in victoria if um if the owners corp is generating less than two hundred thousand dollars per year in revenue you don't need to have a 10-year maintenance plan which is most of them right so i went through one yesterday and it was in a great complex it was in a really good location it was one of 16 it was like referred to as like a garden community because there was these big trees big gum trees sort of all throughout it all of the apartments like didn't look into one another they looked out onto gardens so it was really nice it was in a really good spot blue chip suburb built in the 70s everything that we sort of like and look for in flats and the problem with it is that it clearly just hadn't had ongoing maintenance for you could it like the last 10 years you know like we look through everything about the apartment like needed a little bit of work in it of itself um and then i was asking you know the agent i was like oh what's the owner's corp and he's like oh it's really great it's so low three thousand dollars a year or something which was pretty standard for for that area and then i was like oh, okay that's good um any upcoming major maintenance items which is a great question to ask agents by the way if you're looking mm. in anything that has an owner's corp so i asked him yeah is there any upcoming major works or maintenance items and i could see like the smile like you know <laughs> you're not supposed to ask that you could, you could see it leave his face he's like oh in the contract actually they have just gotten you know multiple quotes to uh you know fix a lot of things and like i'm looking around i'm scanning the outside of the building it's like every single window frame has got like major wood rot looked like possible termite damage which you know could be common because of the uh big gum trees all around the complex and you know rusted holes in all of the down pipes and like you could see the the gutters were like overflowing with grass and stuff like that hadn't been cleaned so there's just like multiple little things that probably haven't been fixed over like um like many years which is turns into bigger problems so i was like yeah what's what's like in there and he's like uh they've just gotten multiple quotes there's about five hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of damage that needs that's urgent and it's come down they said it's estimated to be about twenty six thousand dollars per unit that needs to they need to cough up and he's like yeah and they don't know if they're going to do it because they don't think everyone can afford it now like to come up with 20, like who's like, who's got twenty six thousand right now yeah most people probably wouldn't have like 26 grand just laying around that they can throw straight into like property right. maintenance how much were these units going for um that one was like mid five hundred thousand, so yeah, it's five so percent the value of the property that you yeah, need to huge. spend on that year. Yeah. It's literally a deposit yeah. if you're a first home buyer. So 
yeah they they got to the stage when they needed that and the agent's like well they don't know if they can afford it and you know if they did it it would increase the value of the whole thing it'll make it like last longer if they don't do it it could get to the stage where it needs to be demolished and you've got nowhere to live right Mm -hmm. so it's just so important like that's why and like this is what my client was saying she's like you know in other states they have much higher owner's corpse Mm -hmm. but they're not spending it on ridiculous stuff they're actually saving the money Mm -hmm. so that you know when you need to replace the roof you don't need to raise a special levy and charge everyone Mm -hmm. 5, 10, 15, 20 grand, you've actually got the funds to do it. So actually in this case, it would have been beneficial to have a higher. So they were three grand a year, right? If they had have just stayed at five or $7,000 a year mm. and you know all of them have been doing that, that's like an additional what, two to three grand per unit times 16 times five years. Mm. All of a sudden you've got the money to do a lot of these things, right? Mm. And it wouldn't be stinging anyone and that you wouldn't have to cough up anything. And like they put that into like high interest accounts and then like they earn interest and then that money gets split between all the units so it's not it's not a bad thing at all i think that there is reasons to have multiple um you know like higher maintenance costs so that you actually have a sinking fund mm-hmm. and this is why i use a buyer's agent guys imagine if someone just came along and didn't ask these questions yeah which probably most people wouldn't i guess well it went maybe to they get yeah. i think it went to auction initially and I know people, I've, I've met so many buyers that will start bidding at a property at auction without looking through the contracts. Mm. Don't, just don't, just don't do it. Because if you didn't see this, um, you know, yeah. It you might not be able to, yeah, probably most people can't afford it. Yeah, it'd be a big disaster if you mm. didn't know about that stuff and you bought into the property. So mm. yeah, definitely, definitely something to keep in mind. But that that's more of the negative side of things. <laughs> like... I want to talk about why I think that they're actually good as well. So keep in mind, again, the the key message here is owner's corps are not the enemy. It's the complex, right? So if, I mean, owner's corps can be as well. They can be bad, but it's mostly the complex. If you buy something that's got three lifts and, you know, pools and a concierge service and you're paying ten dollars to $12,000 a year, that's, uh, that's the complex. That's not because it has an owner's corp. So... Honestly, some of the situations where owners' corps are good. So if you've got like under 10 units, you're in small complex, less than 20 even. Um, you've got generally low fees. Then it's like, well, think of it this way. So say you're a homeowner. Have you ever wanted like a personal assistant to handle like the disputes with your neighbors, and like organize all your insurance policies and then complete the insurance claims and then source multiple quotes for you whenever you need works to be completed and do all of your gardening and make sure your property is compliant and do all of this for like a really low fee like that's essentially what an owner's corp is it's like personal assistant that helps manage all of these issues for you and like the entire community and committee they make sure everything's compliant and typically most people have really good experiences if you're in a good complex because you're not paying huge amounts of fees and they're just like on your side making sure everything works and runs smoothly going in the bat for you basically being a representation of of you against a neighbor i think that's a massive one yeah imagine if you're getting in a dispute with the neighbor how, like, you know, how awkward that is yeah. like your neighbor's <laughs> dog's barking at four in the morning and going you know like you, so. yeah they can go raise all those conversations and like mm-hmm. you know what if you have a uh like you have a fence issue you know and you you know you need to contact your neighbor and then they don't want to deal with you or like it's an investment property and it's got tenants in it and then you need to go find the property manager and then find the vendor and then send a letter to them and then they don't want to respond to you and it's like a month-long issue it's like that's their full-time job to deal with that stuff you know so there, there's so many scenarios where they're 
extremely good and they just save so much stress and hassle and they organize everything and they make it professional like how you deal with all the neighbors it's just the perfect way to do it so like that's that's the basis of it i want to go quickly into like how do you just do some rough analysis we can't go into the full thing of it because it would take another 40 minutes to go through it all and i think we should do it over in the future but probably just do it do it gradually yeah do a few episodes on it perhaps yeah because it's so important and so get a conveyance around yeah absolutely yeah because well so many first home buyers right are going to buy apartments or units Mm. not everyone can afford a house and not everyone and if you can you don't want to be out on the outskirts a lot of people want to stay in the city so owners corps are going to be such a huge part of uh, first home buyers and downsizes and a few upsizes as well depending on if you're trying to move further in so they're incredibly important so if you had two things to do if you're looking at a owner's corp or a property that has an owner's corp is one firstly make sure like even you yourself before you send it to a conveyance read through the contracts in section 32 and just look through the agm or like the um, annual general meeting minutes right Mm -hmm. so read the meeting minutes because in there you will see what the fees are you'll know how expensive it is you will see if there's any upcoming maintenance items that they're voting on you will see um, like what they're spending their money on you'll see if there's any complaints so like specifically look for headings that that say something along the lines of maintenance or upcoming maintenance or repairs or just general business so the general business is typically where you see you know maybe unit three of this complex is in arrears and you know the owners corp has taken them to vcat or there's a dispute happening between fences or the entire roofs need to be replaced of the entire complex all of that stuff you will find in the meeting minutes and then so that's step one step two call the building manager so it'll say at the start of the annual general meeting who the representative is and from what company they're from and it will also have like a phone number for them call them ask to speak to that person and the simple questions that i ask everyone always is How's this complex been to manage? You know, any issues? They are they fighting? It's pretty easy. Any upcoming maintenance items? Anything major that's happened since the last annual general meeting that's not been included in these contracts? And usually that will give you like the majority of the information that you need if they're fighting, whatever. Like usually they'll say something like, "Oh no, this one's been so easy. They're super sweet." Or, "Oh, you know, we do have some problems. This is sort of what it is." And like, you know, I wouldn't worry about it. Or you know you know you just prepare yourself like for this sort of thing so that they're the the two major tips so far yeah happy to answer your calls too i spoke to a guy yesterday i wasn't expecting them to him to kind of answer all my questions and or answer the phone but <laughs> i was just like he's, he probably doesn't care it's not his property but yeah he was more than happy to talk to me mm. and answer every question so yeah 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 so uh, yeah it's two things you do do those two things like super important yep. and that'll be in the section 32 yep correct that is the section 32 it's usually the back half of it as well so if you've got if you open an 80 page document you get worried just like go to page 60 and then look at the last few sections it'll usually be after the water rates and everything from the um, mobile water radio guys in the media this week so there was an article here by realestate.com Housing confidence at two-year high as first rate falls penciled in. So it says that they're expecting a fall in interest rates at quarter three next year, so 2024. So that's going to put a lot of yeah a lot of confidence back in the market for sure. And I think 
probably a big thing to speak about here. And Tristan, you've seen this. I know you, I was speaking to you yesterday about this. Owner occupiers are making up currently seventy one point eight percent of all buyers right now. So there's no no investors really. Wow. So only sixteen point five percent investors currently, and and basically all the rest are either overseas or owner occupiers. So yeah, investors don't want they don't want to yeah they don't want to buy right now. Interest rates are just too high. Perhaps they'll come back knowing that you know interest rates going to come down soon. Perhaps. But I don't know. This is just an economics economics yeah. expert predicting that. So. Well, either that or they're just not buying in Victoria, which is also yeah, quite Victoria's possible. Absolutely possible. Victoria's the worst place to have an investment property right now. Yeah, well... Without a doubt. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they definitely don't like us here no, um, no. at the moment. We've got the highest fees, the highest tax, the highest compliance, yep. uh, and also, like, not the best yields. Yep. So all of those things combined, like, it's interesting. But yeah, that's a huge amount of uh, owner-occupiers. Um, yep. So basically, yeah, the article just says, yeah. So owner occupiers making up a massive amount of of all property purchases right now, and also a prediction of of yeah interest rates coming down next year. How but we'll see. How interesting is it that how quickly they change their tune, right? Housing confidence at two di- year high. I read a know? different thing every day. I swear. But yeah, <laughs> we'll speak about it anyway. Yeah. You could find another article probably by realestate.com that says the exact opposite. Yeah, probably. But and it's probably like two weeks ago as well, and now it's like at a two-year high. Yeah. So this was this was um, this was essentially put out by NAB, the National Australia Bank. So they're the ones that like I, we spoke about them not too long ago. I think that they came out saying that they had predicted like an eleven point nine percent increase in uh housing prices across Victoria in the next year, twenty twenty four. However, they've now revised that forecast to actually increase their predictions by 1.5%. So, and that's based on the confidence levels of the market. So, it's pretty crazy. Like, it's Conf- Confidence changes week in, week out as well. Yeah. So. i tell you what, if interest rates go up in November, int- the confidence levels will plummet again. Mm-hmm. People will be like, oh, you know, we're going to, it's it's all collapsing, you know. But if they, but if, <laughs> but if they stay stagnant and they don't change, it'll be like, you know, I would not be surprised if mm. house prices went up as much as what NAB's predicted, even for this year. I think they said there's like 3% left in the year or mm. something, the next like mm. eight weeks, 10 weeks. I mean, you kind of take this stuff with a grain of salt, I guess. You just, it's kind of, it really is a week to week sort of basis. I mean, yeah, you can, you can base what you're going to do on the interest rate rises or falls, but really it's just who knows what's going to happen. Well, I think, yeah, you're right. I think especially for confidence levels too. Yeah. Like confidence yeah. levels are the most like they just they change with the wind yeah you exactly. know the wind yeah. blows a different direction and there's no more confidence in the market yeah. like it cha- yeah it changes so quickly yeah and who like and perhaps an article comes out that says tomorrow that property prices are going to go up by 10 percent, and who knows what it's based on and mm. all of a sudden there's confidence back in the people but you know what does happen though i think these articles so realestate.com releasing this saying that confidence is high house prices are going to go up actually does change the confidence yeah. so when they're out there screaming that we're falling off a cliff and you know whatever cliff they're talking about the day the you know it was the um the october cliff or, or something in the pandemic when job seeker ran out and then the interest rate cliff and then whatever cliff they're, they're talking about when they scream all that stuff, it affects sentiment. Mm. But now they've got nothing to talk about because they've got like, what, nine months of increased month-on-month house price growth. Mm. So now they're saying, confidence is through the roof. It's <laughs> going up. Like, you know, I've got a bit of a conspiracy theory. And this guy um, said it on my TikTok. 
and I went on his TikTok and it was definitely, yeah, conspiracy theory yeah. TikTok. However, I think it could have some merit. He's like, oh, perhaps they're releasing these articles saying that property prices are going to go up or down to try and, you know, get some confidence back into the market to put you in debt. So therefore, you pay money back. Well, I mean, I, th- it works though. Do you right? think? It works. I, I mean, I don't know if it's a conspiracy. I don't it's know. It's like, oh, property prices are going to go up by 15% in the next year. So everyone purchases. Well, well think about it. Go up. This article that we're talking about is published by realestate.com. Yeah. It's through the Courier Mail. But that's probably who yeah. That's probably who you would trust the most. If it's like news.com.au or something like that, you just don't uh, trust anything. That's, that's a lot of rubbish. <laughs> but I mean, realestate.com has an incentive for you to be on the platform. So they want people looking at properties. So like, oh, prices are going to go up, better buy now. So yeah, something to think about. Definitely something to think about. Do your own research, I think. Do your own research. Listen to this podcast. Yeah. We're we're unbiased. People that are listening to this are going to be a lot better off than people that are just getting their information from the media. We're we're, we're on the ground actually talking to real estate uh, agents every single week, plus buying properties. Mm -hmm. We can sort of see what is actually happening in the market. But Mm -hmm. to... To the unfortunate consequence of this article, it is true from what we're seeing. Like, yep. I think, I think so as well. d- yeah, uh, there's sentiment coming back. Um, and I think probably it's a little bit due to the rental crisis as well. Like mm-hmm. people can't rent and a lot of people are just trying to buy at the moment. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is it is happening, but an interesting one nonetheless. Let's see what happens next year. Let's see how much house prices has changed. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Make sure to check out www.tommy.com to get access to our House the Market blog and join the mailing list and we shall see you again in next week's episode. Make sure to follow Jonah on TikTok and Instagram at Jonah underscore Tommy and underscore Geelong and follow myself, Tristan Larkin, on LinkedIn. Wait, I've changed my handle. Oh no. <laughs> We'll have to change that. It's Jonah underscore buyers agent on TikTok and Instagram. Nice. Yes. And uh, check him out on LinkedIn as well. Are you well. the same or you're different? Oh, you mine's not even right. That's why I was just like, follow me. <laughs> I actually use LinkedIn. So follow me on LinkedIn. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's a little bit better. But until next week's episode, we'll come with you then. All right, see, see you guys. Bye.